Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. You know, I don't mean to be preachy, but we ought to remember, and that means promoters too, that music's for grooving, man, and music's not for putting yourself through bad changes. You know, I mean, you don't have to go take anybody's shit, man, just to like music. You know what I mean? Music's, music's supposed to be different than that. Hey kids, you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and this show is Fish Out of Agua with Michelle Carlo. Today is Tuesday, October 24th, 2017. And yes, in the immortal words of Janis Joplin, spoken at Woodstock almost 50 years ago, you don't have to put yourself through bad, any bad changes to listen to music, because the music is all good. This is the music episode here today, kids. So we're going to start out with Janis Joplin, Ball and Chain, live at Woodstock, and we'll be back in a little bit. Thank you. 
tell me if I want to ask you now. I said, tell me if I want to lean on you. I said, if I want to put my arm around you. I said, I want a little help sometimes. I need a little help sometimes. Baby, 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 yeah. Wow. Baby, 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 yeah. I said, I got to know why. Does it wanna pull me down, baby? I said, does it wanna drag me around? Feels to me uh, just like a bomb. I said, Dana, 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 it was a bomb. And we're back with Fish Out of Agua on Radio Free Brooklyn. That was the immortal, the amazing Janis Joplin with Ball and Chain live at the Woodstock Music and Art Fair, which happened on August 16th, 1969. Where were you back then? <laughs> I was playing coliforms and Barbie dolls behind my grandma's couch, so I wasn't going hanging out in any music concerts naked in the mud. But boy, when I saw those pictures in this magazine that my parents had called Life Magazine about the hippies and the three-day festival of Mudfest. Oh my God, did I wish I was a teenager so I could go roll around naked in the mud with everybody else. Anyway, it's probably a good thing that I didn't because I had other things to do. Wow, we have a lot of show for you today. I promised you that this is a music episode and yes, it is. We have old music, new music, our guest artist this week is a fantastic musician. Oh my God. So let me stop blob lying and get to the music with this song our guest artist handpicked this week to open her episode. It's hot up, but we're in the deep. 
We're back with Fish Out of Agua on Radio Free Brooklyn. That was The Dead Weather with 60 Feet Tall from their Whorehound album back in 2009. And wow, that was, I had I'd never heard the song before right now when I'm, as I'm recording this for you guys. And I'm just amazed at how meta and awesome a good fit it is with the Janis Joplin song because there was like some total Jimi Hendrix sounding riffs there and the Janis Joplin voice thing. And wow, it's, I don't know, it was just a cool thing to hear that, you know, whatever is good in music is good and lasting. And now guess what, kids? It's time for my favorite part of the show. Everybody, welcome to Fish Out of Agua's Guest Artist of the Week. Woohoo! <laughs> every week I say it's my favorite part of the show, but that's because it is. Because every week I get to sit with somebody brand new and so sparkling, interesting. I cannot wait to share them with you. And um, today we're doing something, and now something for completely different. <laughs> Because um, we have another music, our second musician on Fish Out of Agua, and she's also someone whom I really don't know at all. So this is going to be interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. As she says, okay, so please welcome to Fish Out of Agua from the band Love Honey, and you have to say your name because I forgot your last name. <laughs> Ali. Alicia Quinones. Alicia Quinones. Woo! <laughs> Hola, Alicia. How are you, mamita? Oh, my God. Like, how many months have we been trying to make this work? 
since I think it's been since April. I want to say April. Yeah, since the Radio Free Brooklyn did their season six like opening party yes. at Rublad in uh, so in, in Bushwick, yeah. and, and her Alicia's band played, and they were fantastic. And when I saw her beautiful energy and channeling like all the the rock gods that I grew up with, I was like, I need to meet this woman. And I basically genuflected at your feet. Oh my God, thank you. Remember that? Yes. I like kneeled down. You're like, Liz, you said you were Boricua? <laughs> yeah, that's right. When, when I found out she was Puerto Rican, I was like, what? So we have like, you, you're like the next gen Boricua because you're going to be carrying on, on the torch. Cause, and Yeah, because you're, you're young. Yeah, I'm pretty young. I'm 28. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, actually, I'm really excited because I haven't seen many girls, brown girls like me, doing the same type of music that I've been doing recently. They they have a lot of people to look up to, but I don't really resonate with those uh, types of artists. So they have, you know, their R&B artists, so the, the new girls that are coming out in the rap game, you know, and they're very influential and they're, you know, supporting them. But I also know that there's girls like me who are very much into rock music and they they don't really have anybody to look for or look to for or that. look up to yeah no i totally i totally get that cuz i remember when i was a teenager there was there were no lat, lat, latina um anyone for me to look up to or try to emulate you know all right wonder woman but like being that she was part mexican was like totally like under the radar back back in the 70s <laughs> right, and early right. 80s you know and like what was that charo like, we were supposed to look like, the girls were supposed to look like Charlie's Angels. There was nobody. At least young girls now have, like, J-Lo and other people to Rosie look up Perez. to. And Rosie Perez. And, and, and Zoe Saldana. Zoe and, like, there's so many now that, that have just, like, broken barriers and smashed windows. And I think that you are one of those smashers. God, I hope so. So tell me about how you started smashing. Um, I think uh, when I was about... Seven or eight years old. Where are you from? You're native New Yorker, right? Yep. Okay, uh, tell us about that. So I was born and raised in Brooklyn. I grew up in, I was living in East New York, but I was going to school in Bushwick for my entire life. So I spent most of my life in Bushwick. Wow. So you're like a born and raised almost Bushwick person yeah. from like back in the day. Straight New Yorkian. Um, All right. Weppa. So, <laughs> exactly. But, um, yeah, so I, where I went to school, you know, everybody was into the main thing. So everything was, you know, rap music, R&B music. You know, everybody had the new Jordans. Everybody had the sneakers that matched the belt, that matched the T-shirt. It was all of that. And, um, and I tried really hard to, to, to be that. But I was always uncomfortable mm. in my own skin. And the things that I liked, I was so scared to, to talk about or share what I liked because I was scared of being made fun of. So I wouldn't. So what were the kind of things that you liked? So, like, I don't know. Every kid that started off loving rock and roll, I feel like they loved Linkin Park. Right. As soon as you heard Linkin Park, that was it. It was like you were already into rock music. But I think uh, it was like... A little bit before I finished high school, maybe, where I got into the White Stripes. Mm. And I heard Jack White for the first time, and I was just like, holy shit. It's not amazing when you hear a band and they just like, it, it resonates with you in a way and it like opens your eyes. You're like, whoa, I never thought about music that way before. Exactly. For me, when I was in high school, it was Led Zeppelin. There you go. Yeah. Mm. 
you know? There you go. Because I was just like, and then, you know, somebody that would be, I guess, 10 or 15 years younger than me, in between you and I, for them, it would be Nirvana. Absolutely, yeah. You know what I mean? I so, like, Nirvana, every generation, so. I mean, and there were other bands that are equally on a par with the White Stripes and Led right. Zeppelin and Nirvana, but, like, for each, but, you know, for us, those were, like, the ones that made us say, oh, that's something different. Yeah, exactly, and as soon as you hear, like, that beat or those voices and that power come out of them, you're like, holy shit, like, what is this? Like, I want to do this, you know? And um, a lot of the time... Uh, I've had people think that I liked a specific band because I was, like, in love with the singer. Like, no, I want to be that guy. Like, a lot of my heroes were, were male at first because I, I really didn't know what females to look for. So it wasn't that I was in love with any male singer. I just wanted to be just like them. I wanted, I wanted to do what they were doing, how powerful they were being. Because a lot of the female singers that I saw, they were in one spot. And they had the one mic, and they weren't moving around. They weren't doing anything. And the guys, they were just, like, all over the floor and running around and ripping off their shirts and, like, jumping into the crowd. And I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> I want to be that. And those people, like, who were jumping around and, 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 and taking off their shirt and jumping into the crowd, they were probably watching people like Iggy Pop. Exactly. Right? So it's, it's like this whole progression of stuff. So were you always a singer? Did, did you come from a musical family? No, I didn't. Um, well, my uncle, uh, we used to live in a big house with um, my father's side with my grandparents. And my you, we had an apartment, and my uncle would be in the basement playing guitar. Oh. So I would just put my head down in the carpet and listen to him and just, just like hum, maybe. Uh, my dad was really into music. He, he played a lot, of, uh, a lot of Bob Marley and Phil Collins, Tina Turner. Uh, Mariah Carey was my favorite, obviously, because that vocal range was insane. I know, like four octaves, yeah. five octaves. So you grew up hearing a lot of good music. Yeah, basically. So were you one of those kids that would run around the house with the hairbrush? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> with the hairbrush. And, you know, my mom, she was just like, you know, she was always like cooking and cleaning or doing something. And she's like, oh, no, callate. Like, <laughs> she didn't realize that that was something that, that really... Uh, resonated with me, something that I really wanted to do. She just thought I was just trying to be loud. Mm, I know, because so often, I mean, girls, I mean, I can, I can make the case that Latina girls, but I just think women in general, no matter what their ethnicity, we're always told, callate. Yeah. Be quiet. <laughs> Look, go put on some lipstick and, and go sit over there until we need you. Yeah. Yeah, and you are not that kind of girl. I was definitely not. No, you're not. If you, if you if you seen her in, in big mouth, big everything. Oh my God! It's like you have the you it, to me. You embodied the personas of Janis Joplin, it, a little bit of Iggy Pop, but not taking the shirt off. Although you may do that in other shows, I don't One know. Day you might come to a show and check. Yeah, it out. so <laughs> just so and did a bit of Robert Plant, and just so energetic and. Amazing. And and the showman, like B-52s with your range, you know, the B-52s? I think I saw yeah. a little documentary. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. They, they were too, um, they just were, they were known for like all their harmonies and stuff. But yeah, yes, your stuff is amazing. So you're in high school and you're interested in music. And then what happens to you? Um, and then I end up getting pregnant when I was 17. And all of that just went away. Um, because I had people telling me, I had a gym teacher actually tell me, like, he was like, 
oh, you're pregnant. It's like, congratulations, you you ruined your life. <gasps> I you know, you. and had I, people. I, I, Whoever, if you're listening to the show, we're smacking you on your head. How do you say that to somebody? <laughs> That's what I'm saying, you know. And and you know, it it was very discouraging to me, you know. Um, Did you finish high school? I finished high school. Yeah, on time. All right, on time and punto. Yeah, with staples in my stomach and everything. Oh my god. Uh, I was not. I, I was told that I basically was a statistic. Like I was gonna be this kind of girl, and this was gonna be my life, and that's it. And in a way, it helped me because I felt like, okay, that's bullshit, and watch me prove you wrong. Mm. That's one thing that we have in common. And no, I'm not, I'm not a mother, but like, if somebody tells me I can't do something, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, the way to get me to do something is tell me I can't do it. Yeah, same. I mean, like, how awful you would think that one would think that any type of social counselor or somebody with with a young teenager who's about to be a mom and that wants to stay in school would be given some advice that would actually be helpful and good absolutely instead but, of being told welcome to your oh, yeah oh God. welcome to your nightmare basically yeah. i think they they just got the wrong impression all of those like talk shows at mari and everything that had these girls on it who weren't really representing like that not that it was a mistake, but these girls were doing it because they knew they were going to get government assistance. They knew that they were going to get help, and oh. they knew that they weren't going to be able to work. From what I saw on the shows, um, that that wasn't the case for me at all. You know, I had an opportunity to um, have an abortion. I did have that opportunity, and I chose not to take it. You know what I mean? Because to me, he saved my life. Mm. I wasn't a very happy person uh, in high school. So he... So he saved my life. Full disclosure, Mikey is sitting at the opposite end of the long conference table we <laughs> scam here in Fashion Land, and he is just glowing. He's drawing his manga. Yep. So you see the third, the third generation. We got three generations of Boricua in this room. Exactly. So after high school, and now you're you're 18, and you 18. and you have and you have a child, and I have a kid, and I you were, you had the support of your family. Oh my God, I have the best support system ever between my mom and my sisters and my stepdad. Um, they basically were, have been there for me since the beginning and they've never let me down since. So I got really lucky with the family that I have because I know there's girls that have it way worse than me. Um, so I have a very supportive home and Mikey's loved family an extended family and all. Anybody that comes across him and meets him, he's just like welcome with open arms. Oh yeah, when I met him, I was gonna shake his hand and he was like, he was hugging me. I could hear in his mind, like, later for that lady, I'm gonna <laughs> hug you. Oh my God, he's such an awesome kid. Okay, so we, when you are getting, reconciling yourself to the fact that you're a mom and you're a teenage mom and I'm sure life is not like Teen Mom 2 on MTV. No, no there's no money. <laughs> there's no cars I see these girls with cars I'm like how um, nope I was like schlepping my stroller going up the stairs in the train station with people bumping into me and giving me dirty looks because I'm a young mom and had to deal with that were you able to continue your schooling at all uh, I did. I went to City Tech for a little while. Hated it. City Tech in Brooklyn. Yeah. On J Street. Yeah. I went there. You did. Yeah. I, I just. My mom wanted me to go to school for nursing, and you know, I was like, "What? What am I gonna lose? Like, let me just give it a shot." Um, 
But I'm the type of person that if my heart's not in something, I can't even give yeah. it the full hundred percent. And then nursing is so practical. It is. Nursing, I mean, no, no dissing on nurses. No, no, because my mom's a nurse. nurses are just like to me. If if I was emperor, if I were queen, if I was Galadriel with the with the elf ring on my hand. Nurses would get paid like models, and absolutely. models would get paid like nurses. Sorry, not sorry. No, no way. Absolutely. Because anybody who cures and heals is, or teaches, to me, they, they are the ones that should be exalted in society. I agree. My mom is a nurse in Rikers Island, so, you know. Oh, she, so, like, thousands of props she, to her. Yeah, she should definitely she's get paid she, like a model. <laughs> yeah, she should be. And she, I'm, I'm, what? <laughs> All this indignation is in my brain. It's like it's like you know the the roll of like rubber bands that the cat bats around yes, the living room. Yes. So all the indignation is just like inside my brain, all twisted up, and it's not coming out. It's all good. I'm not articulating very well right now. I don't do that very well in general. <laughs> I'm good at like bullshitting on stage, and I can make people understand my message. And sometimes in a conversation, I have a, so much in my head that I want to come out, and it's hard for me to to say it all in, in, in a specific space or amount of time. So you hear you are still trying to, to be something and do something because you know that there's something else for you besides what people are thinking that you should be obviously exactly like your counselor in high school and like you know your well-meaning parents saying you know why don't you study this practical thing so how did you break break from that and 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 make them understand it and and get that support i think there's that's monumental understand it but my my mom sees how hard i'm actually working and i have i have great people that i'm working with like the the boys in my band they're my brothers and and for us to do well, you know, we all have to work together. So they want me to succeed as much as I want them to succeed, and we all want to succeed together. Is Love Honey your first band? Love Honey is my first band. Okay, yeah. so tell me about the origin of it. How old were you? How did you guys meet, and how, how did you start up? Uh, me and Tommy, my guitarist, we met on Craigslist, actually. Craigslist? Oh, what? my God. That's 21st yeah. century. It was three months before we even met in person, and even at that time, I had a knife in my bag just in case he was a local. Oh, my God. So she's Boricua. Yeah. (laughs) Anything you hear about Puerto Ricans and knives, guess what? It's true. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. But we we hit it off. Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) But his post was basically where he, like, it... He described exactly what I was looking for in a band. Wow. And I was just searching Craigslist, like, for nothing, to see what I can find. And basically, he had on the post, like, looking for a female singer for a rock band. And it was like, you know, sounds like the White Stripes, which is one of Jack White's bands. Right. That, Janis you Joplin, mentioned it before. Led Zeppelin, the Black Keys. And I was like, oh, Ooh, oh, the oh. Black Keys, yeah. yeah. All of that was me. I so, was like, yes. So, that's how people find each other with bands now. Is it on Craigslist? Because you know, think back so in the anymore. day, back in the day, it used to be the Village Voice, but now that's go- that's that's gone. That's now, gone right? now. Well, it's, yeah. it's going to be gone soon. It's only going to be uh, online now. That, but in print, they used to have pages in the back so of. Sad. That's how, like, if you name a band in New York, like like the Ramones or like Blondie or Talking Heads or any of those punk bands, that's how they found yeah. each other. I think from Patty the back. Smith and Patty some... Smith too. Yeah, all those bands they found each other in the back page yeah. of the Village Voice. That's so amazing. Right, right next, yeah. right, right next to the um, 
Right next to the ads for the hoods. No. <laughs> right next to it. Yeah. Well, maybe on a different page. I don't think they were mixed up. They, they were on the opposite side. That would have been side. a typo. That was where the bands would find the hoods. Yeah, that's where they find, the, that's where they find their girlfriends. No, let me stop. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so uh, I don't think they find each other like that anymore because I think uh, social media is becoming so much bigger and, and, like, Facebook even has a page for people looking for bands. Right, because, like, 10 years ago it would have been MySpace. Exactly. Right. Because MySpace was really big with musicians and models. Yeah, exactly. For me, MySpace was just, is my background popping or not? Yeah. Like, is it a good sparkle or not? <laughs> and everything now is on, is on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat, yeah. and it's all just, like, so spread out. It's good and scary at the same time. Yeah. Because uh, it, it's good because you can reach as many people as possible you know, if you if you work hard at it. But then it's also scary because your life is just, like, right there, and you actually really can't erase it thanks to the screenshot. No, <laughs> it's true. I mean, that's the one big difference of people my age and people your age. When I was a teenager or in my very early 20s, and I did something stupid, and trust me, mija, I did plenty of a stupida. <laughs> but how many people knew the stupid? Maybe a dozen yeah. tops, and then it got forgotten about, and everybody went out in their life. Now the stupid is forever. You could definitely embarrass and, yourself and, for and, life. And some people's stupid can wreck their life, unfortunately, because people just like jump on it, like like in those olden um, monster movies, like when they're chasing Frankenstein with the pitchfork <laughs> and the torch. Sometimes that's what I think Facebook and, and the it social is. media Once is. Once you go through those comment sections, it's just everybody's attacking everybody and everybody's fighting, and then you're just sitting there, you're sitting back, because I don't do that. I don't like doing comments. And uh, you just sit back and you're like, where is the love? <laughs> And where are your brains? I think it's an internal thing. It's stuff that people have felt for a very long time, and, and now they feel like it's okay for them to come out and, and say whatever they want and feel like they're not going to get bashed for it. Then and that social media let it out. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. You don't know anyone's real intentions unless they're online and they're bashing people. Yeah, and like, you, right, like somebody that you thought was like all nice, can you like, that's happened to me. Like, I've seen people that I've been friendly with for a number of years and then I read a comment that they make on somebody and I'm just like bad taste in your mouth do I know you I know it's hard it's hard all right let's let's stop talking about things we don't like <laughs> and talk about things we do like like, like music, music. <laughs> like 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 Craig's we got we got in this tangent but I love tangents but Craigslist and you met Tom and how old were you and like did, did the was... band have a name and like how did it how, how did it how did it blossom you said you were 28 you lying I'm 28 so <laughs> that was about five years ago okay. so I was 23 when I met Tommy and um you know, we became friends. The first day that we met, we went to his job, which is the sweatshop in Brooklyn. Right, and that's where you had your knife. That's where <laughs> I had my knife, just in case. Um, and uh, we wrote two songs that day. You did? That's awesome. Immediately, and that's how I knew that it was something special. Uh, we had gotten out of touch for about a year after that, because life happens. Mm -hmm. And um, I was going to start a band with one of my other friends, Who's, she's a great guitarist. She has her own uh, band as well. Um, I wanted her to learn the two songs that me and Tommy worked on, and I asked him to, if he can share it with her. And then one day he was just like, after he like showed her a couple times, I think he, he was feeling some type of way, and he was just like, I think we should work on these songs together. I think we should start start a band. And I was like, fuck yeah. 
So we, uh, we, we kept practicing and practicing, and um, then Tomas, our uh, drummer. Uh, that's right, there's drummer Tommy and there's guitar Tommy. Exactly. Uh, he, uh, he was from Queens, moved to Florida, came back from Florida only to play music. Really? He moved back to New York solely to play music. Wow. So that's dedication right there yeah uh so we all three of us had gotten together for a practice session and that was it was magic and it was just like that wow so what was your first gig our first gig was actually uh tommy's uh now her his wife uh she had a halloween party and our first show was on halloween oh that's yeah. auspicious it was it was so you guys started out as scorpios yeah basically oh love honey is a scorpio that's oh, why we're know. crazy. Yeah, that's <laughs> and loyal. So, how many people are in the band besides you and the two Tommies? And then we also have Matthew, who was in another band with Tommy. And you know, we we weren't looking for a bass player, but then Matt came in and played a couple of shows with us, and it was just like, holy shit, he has to stay. Like he brought something that was missing that we didn't realize it was missing until he came and played mm. with us. So that then Love Honey was complete. That's amazing. Now, the reception for you guys when you started playing out, did you notice any um, extra attention because of you and your stage persona? Yeah, with people that? thought I was crazy. They thought you were crazy? They were, thought I was crazy because I would crawl on the floor, I was rolling around, I was... I, throwing the mic down on the floor. I used to put my hands down my pants, and I don't anymore. Uh, um, but uh, Yeah, I could see how that could be misconstrued in a way. And, and like, you know, like it's like, see, that's back to that social media thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, people take stuff out of context, and then it's like, yeah. And, Absolutely. And like, but when you're like 4'11", and somebody yeah. gives you a Jack and Coke. Yeah, that's it. It goes right to the brain. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, um, you know, I've gotten better with... Uh, I'm still uh, wild on stage, but... I, she I'm is wild. I'm a little bit more toned down. Respect yourself, girls. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so... Um, we did get a lot of attention. You know, Tom is crazy on the drums. He just, like, spit water from his mouth. Yeah, I've seen it. Like, oh, my God. I know. Spit that water on me. <laughs> I'll take my shirt off. And, you know, Matt is such a sweetie pie. So, like, the girls look at him because he's just, like, in his little zone. And then you got Tommy on the side who's just, like, just playing. And everybody's, like, looking at him like, this guy is crazy so your band is just like four crushes yeah basically. like four people to crush on yeah like so no matter what your person like the, the wild people will like you the, the people that Titans. like the introspective will like the guitarist yeah, exactly. the, people, the people that like the spouting water will like the drummer time. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and whoever and you want likes the, the sweet guy they, they get mad. mad they get wow <laughs> I, I love how you get like it's like earth wind fire and water it's they, like you got the elements there so yeah that's crazy so um when you when you guys first started gigging around, did you did it stand out to you that um, how many bands do you notice have a, a, a Latin front person, whether it's a male or female? Not many, or that I know of now, because all these guys are walking around with beards and I can't tell what they are. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> that's funny. You know? yeah, we 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 can be going on the tangent about male fashion in 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 uh, the twenty first century, but let's not go back to the music. <laughs> We, I don't think we even played that many shows with people who, who had so many different ethnicities in their band. Did, did anybody ever come up to you and, and, and like, were, were like amazed by you? 
Yeah, and I that humbles me so much because you know when I get up there, I'm scared. So I'm just like, you know what? Don't pay attention too much to the crowd. Pay attention to the music, and whatever the music makes you feel like doing, that's what you do. And that's why yeah. I act crazy. You lead it. Yeah, yeah, you let it lead you. No, I to- I totally get that because um as a theater performer and and um you know a storyteller performer, you like I always have like mad nerves. But only right before I'm going to get on yeah, stage. Same. Like I could be like eating like a sandwich like a half an hour before, but you tell me places, I'm like, eh. <laughs> and then it's like it's like that my brain is all tangled yeah. up again. But then the second I get on stage and I open my mouth, all of that energy comes out of me like a fireball. <laughs> Absolutely. And it goes into the audience, and then it's the give and take, and it's, and it's yep. a beautiful thing. It, and it's amazing. It's a great feeling, like, to be able to be on stage and do what I want to do. And you have to listen to me because that's what I'm doing. You have to pay attention whether you like it or not. And you do pay attention. Oh, my God. So tell us a little bit about, about your music. Um, who's the writer of the songs and, like, uh, who like writes the words, who writes the music, and, like, what the influences for your material comes from? Well, we all collectively, when we practice, we jam, and Tommy sometimes just comes up with these riffs out of nowhere, and, you know, drummer Tom just knows exactly what to do, and so does Matt. So they come up with this stuff, and I'm usually the one that comes in with all the lyrics. Um, when I'm when I'm writing a song, I usually have to listen to it to to think about you know what 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 is the song saying to me? What am I feeling when I hear this? Um, but for the most part, uh, I think I'm advocating for those girls who who are still figuring this shit out and still a little naive and letting men take advantage of them and you know doing things that you don't really want to do, but you do it because you feel like maybe somebody will feel different about you. Right. They, maybe they'll like me they'll if I do me. this. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you know? they'll love me. I don't think there's maybe a lot they'll of accept females me. out there doing that. No. They're very, like, these, and I appreciate all these strong female artists, you know, because you need that. You need somebody to make you feel strong, but you need somebody also to give you a reality check and tell you, like, mama, you know you're doing this for the wrong reasons, or... You know, I did this for the wrong reasons, you know, so um, a lot of the songs is just like that. It's like relationships and heartbreak, and, but also, you know, uh, finding your strength and also, you know, you're, you also do things that are, you know, questionable to the other, you know, um, gender. You know what I mean? So, you know, most of it is, is about relationships and, 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 you know, things that girls feel that they don't want to admit that they feel anymore because they want to be seen as strong women. You can still be a strong woman and still be naive and still, you know, have your heart broken and still have somebody treat you in a way that's not right. You can be strong and still have compassion, empathy, sympathy, and tenderness in you. And one does not... One does, does not... Um, uh, replace the other. Absolutely. And, you know, I feel like that's something that I've been working on my whole life. It's God. been extremely soft. And I've um, I always wanted to understand people. You know, so when anytime I was in a relationship or a situation where um, I felt uh, unwanted or bad most of the time, it was me always trying to understand the other person and why they were the way they were. You know what I mean? So, um, and that's where all the songs come from. I think, I just think it's so amazing that you are an advocate for other girls because girls always are looking up to see, like, who they can be like. And, you know, when who you can be like is sorry, not sorry again, Kim Kardashian. No. You know, (laughs) no, no, no. And, 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 and no, I'm trying not to be disrespectful, but 
she, she <laughs> let's just leave it at let's that. Let's leave it at that. Let's um, leave it at I, that. You know, I, you know, I, I'm a hairstylist and at work, you know, sometimes I have these privileged people. They don't know what I do on the side and they don't know that I, I'm a performer and I'm a singer and I'm an advocate for, for women who want to be stronger but haven't quite gotten there yet. You know what I mean? You know, so they just take off their little jackets and they like shove it in my face to go put it somewhere. And of course, I'm gonna feel some type of way because I'm not your, I'm not your slave. You're not gonna just hand me it. Hi, how are you? My name's Alicia and I'm a professional. Yeah, that's it's a problem, and it's 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 always been a problem with society, and it's a problem that I think is becoming magnified in these times because of the thing with the orange oven mitt on his head. <laughs> yes, it's we do not true. mention that name. You know, I uh, yeah. uh, I'm glad that I I'm at a platform now where I can talk about whatever I want because once that mic is in my hand, there's no shutting me up. Yeah, I hear that. I've gotten in trouble already because. Of oh, being tell us, able tell, to host. tell us about one time you got in trouble. <laughs> we. <laughs> We played a show at a specific venue. You don't and, have to mention uh, names, don't worry. And uh, the sound guy got a little mouthy with me, and I had to put him in his place. Ah! And, you know, it's safe to say that the, the, the Jack and Coke was influencing me, but I, you know, mm. I went in and, you know, I made it known that he wasn't going to disrespect me. So I just, you know, I'm glad that I, I get to say what I want to say, and the guys always back me up, even when I'm wrong. They're just usually on my side. So how, how often do you guys perform now? Now? Five years later, like, like what kind of, like, what kind of venues are you getting to play? Do you guys gig out? Do you travel? Well, so right now we've been putting all of our energy into our EP and trying to figure out what the next step is for us. Oh, as okay. A band. Um, because we do want to get bigger and, and, and make this into a career. So we're trying to uh, venture out into other uh, outlets on how we can get you know to that goal and everybody in the band has a day job also yes but uh, is anyone else in the band a parent besides you uh no just me so they're co-parents they're no? co-parents <laughs> that's right <laughs> Tio. Tio. Uh, yeah. they're all very and they they you know they're involved with mikey as well like anytime mikey's around you know they're helping him with something they're having a conversation with him and then mikey's drawing his manga yeah he's drawing his manga you know he wants he our first band photo that's on our instagram was taken by mikey and and Mikey wants to be an artist too, I yeah. think. So he's just following in the footsteps. Yeah. What do your parents think of your career tr choice and trajectory now? They are still a little, you know, eh about it. Just because, and I know it's because they want me to succeed and they want me to take the safe route. Mm. You know, if you go to school and you get your degree on this, then you can get a job doing this and then you'll be good. And you know what I mean? And that's all great. But... Um, I won't feel fulfilled inside, and that's the main thing. Do you see yourself doing that to your son at all, like wanting him to be the safe route? No. Ah. He's, so he's saying we see, he's going to go to Japan for college. So if you say you're going to go to Japan, then what we're going to do is we're going to make So that we're happen. seeing that um, a pattern is being broken here. Yeah, absolutely. The next generation of, of people being, like, a little tentative, and then the other part of it is, like, no, go for your dream. Yeah, and I think... With this generation, it's it's a lot of people going through that. <laughs> you know, no, these, it's good. My generation is a bunch of creative people because a lot of the people that I went to school with, they're modeling, they're they're acting, they're they're 
you know, graphic designers, they're doing all these things, and I feel like they're going to make their kids, you know, they're going to push their kids to follow their dreams. That's fantastic because I people, like, from my generation often were not encouraged to be artists. I, I had a conversation, uh, there was... A, I had a conversation with another woman who was a little younger than me and was actively discouraged because for certain Latin people, artists are sucia, you know? Yeah. Artists, artists are sucia. Yeah. They, they don't pay their rent and they're sucia. And then they end up on welfare and they end up on drugs and they end up dead and we don't want that in our family. And that's not all of them. But it's not, a, no, no, because people don't know. No. It's like with people, anything that people hate, usually, often, is because they don't know. Like if somebody says they don't they don't like trans people, it's because they don't know a trans person. Right. If someone says they don't like Asian people, it's because they don't know an Asian person. If it doesn't like people that are that have an illness, it's because you don't know anyone that lives with a chronic illness and has and you don't have the empathy with the yeah, person you don't dealing know how with to that. Yeah. It's kind of messy. So, um, where are you going to be playing next? Uh, we, 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 we were going to have Guitar Tom here, but he's feeling a little bit under the weather. And I don't know if, you, if you're prepared to sing a little something a cappella. I could probably do something like that. Yeah, don't worry. If it don't sound good, we can cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> what song do I know that I can sing a cappella? That's okay. We can figure it out. We'll, we'll just keep talking. We can figure it out. And you don't have to sing a whole song. I mean, but I, I would, would just like Fish Out of Agua people to know, you know, hear some of your power, and then we'll talk after about, like, where people can see you next and stuff. <laughs> what, Mike, Mike, Mike? He wants me to sing this song. Uh, I heard this song from Julie London called Cry Me a River. He wants me to sing that one. Now you say you're lonely. You cried the whole night through. Why don't you cry me a river? Cry me a river. I cried a river over you. Yay! Oh my God, that's so lovely. Now, I, I was picturing... Ali like writhing on the floor, but you don't writhe on the floor when you sing that song because no. that that that's like your passion ballad right there. <laughs> All right, so um, Ali, where can okay this interview will probably run in October. So talk about any gigs that you're gonna have from like mid October to the beginning of November. So what EP is coming out as well. And uh, if people want to hear your music in the meantime. They can go on Spotify, iTunes. They can Shazam it if they hear it in Kmart. I don't know. Kmart. <laughs> who knows? Yeah, who knows? Uh, Radio Free Brooklyn. And, um, yes, Radio Free I turn Brooklyn. It on, they play one of our songs. I'm so grateful for that. What, um, is there any show in particular that um, has an extra love for Love Honey? Um, yeah, but Rachel's Rachel's show. Um, Rachel Cleary show, Brooklyn Bands. Yeah. No, here and now. Here and now with Rachel. She's had us on there like three times and she's always very lovely very nice well look up uh, Rachel Cleary's here and now show in the Radio Free Brooklyn archives and um, what uh, where socially can people find you they can find us on uh, Love Honey Music on Instagram okay uh, if they want to go on our website uh, lovehoneymusic.com but Instagram is where you can mostly reach okay so you don't you guys don't have a Facebook page we do have a Facebook okay. page okay. Um, it's you... Love Honey Music as well right okay so um, I ask everybody this question to close the interview if you could say one thing to that child who's sitting in their bedroom whether it's in a top floor tenement walk up 
or a beautiful split-level house, or maybe even a shelter, or in a small town where nobody gets them, and they have a burning desire to be something more than what everyone around them is telling them they could be, what would you say to that child? Keep going, mama. Just keep going. People said that to me my whole life. So, and I'm like this two years later, like with this band. So you keep going, something's gonna happen. You take that first step. Yeah. Take the leap of faith. Yep. Yay, mommy, yeah, Boricua in the house. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. Thank you, Allie. Yeah, thank, you. thank you for being on Fish Out of Agua. And we're back on Guess What? Fish Out of Agua on Radio Free Brooklyn. And as promised, as Allie mentioned in the interview, her there, Love Honey's second EP, Feeling No Way, releases tomorrow, Wednesday, October 25th, on all major streaming networks. Don't ask me to name them because then you have I have to betray my uh, age or whatever. Uh, Spotify, yeah, yes, Spotify, iTunes, all of them. But anyway, this is I'm Gone from their EP, Feeling No Way, by Love Honey.
That's a lot of voice coming out of a four foot eleven package. Oh my God, Ali Quinones of Love Honey singing I'm Gone from their new EP, Feeling No Way. I swear to God, I mean, whatever, whatever people believe in, but I think that if there is a spirit world that can see our world and if there's like a thin veil, I have to believe that Janice Joplin is looking down on Allie saying, go girl, go girl, go girl, because I certainly am. I'm a fan and I hope you are too. And guess what, kids? That's our show. You've been listening to Fish Out of Agua on Radio Free Brooklyn. If you like what you've heard today or on any other day, why don't you sponsor us? Go to uh, Radio Free Brooklyn's homepage, and you don't have to just sponsor Fish Out of Agua. You could sponsor any one of the fine shows. Just uh, look for the Donate tab, click on it, and see where it takes you. Please stay tuned for Brooklyn Bandstand next. And we're going to close with another song that Allie picked for her episode. And guess what? It's a very, very old school song, an amazing one. It's by Billie Holiday, the amazing Billie Holiday. And it's from her Lady in Satin album in 1958. The song was composed in part by Frank Sinatra, but I think Billie does it the most justice. And it's called I'm a Fool to Want You. All right, kids, Billy Holiday, I'm a fool to want you, and we'll see you's next week. I'm a fool to want you. I'm a fool to want you. To want to love. That can't be true A love that's there For others too I'm a fool To hold you Such a fool To hold you To seek a kiss not mine alone to share a kiss the devil has known time and time again I said I'd leave you Would come the time 